I'm Jenny Carlson. I'm Barry Trammell. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. The Thunder is in the midst of a four-game road swing, and while it didn't get off to the best start, actually got off to a really, really bad start, the Thunder remains one of the biggest stories in the NBA, near the top of the Western Conference standings, beating contenders left and right. So, how good is this team? We'll talk about all of that and more, but first we want to say thanks to these sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. The Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association, MidFirst Bank, Next Gen Roofing, Two Fellows Movers, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, 988, Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. And hey, let's face it, a box pizza and a case of beer just don't work like they used to when you're trying to move. Nobody wants to help you. But we know two fellows that love moving. At Two Fellows Moving Company, we offer free, no-strings quotes for your move. More than 20 years experience, we've pretty much moved it all. Our services don't end up moving either. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? We have you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, quotes are free and there are no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. Barry, I mentioned this road trip, four games that the Thunder's currently on as we sit here talking before Monday's game at Washington. Did not start that great for the Thunder. The final scores looked a lot better than the games actually were. There were some ugly point deficits for the Thunder in those first two games on the road. But still, a 23-11 and 11 start for the Thunder, second in the West. Really feels like right now the Thunder's profile nationally is just soaring. How do we gauge that? Is it really as high nationally as it feels like the team is here in Oklahoma? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, Oklahoma City often, even when the Thunder's been pretty good, has occasionally suffered from uh, from being avoided in the national uh, discussion by uh, national NBA media. Uh, not a lot when Durant and Westbrook were in their heyday, but it took somebody like Durant and Westbrook to, <laughs> to keep it up there. And since then, of course, the Thunder's sort of been on the fringes of, of NBA discussions in the NBA spotlight, but that's all changing in the last couple of weeks. Whether you're talking about uh, podcasts like Zach Lowe, Bill Simmons, that crowd, whether it's uh, the ESPN and TNT broadcasts, whether it's, uh, whether it's something like uh, The Athletic. I mean, The Athletic, uh, they flooded my inbox this week with all kinds of things. Thunder, I don't know that their editors were doing much communicating because people seemed to be writing over each other. They were, everybody was so fired up. So I think, I think the Thunder has caught everybody's attention with this incredible start, and rightfully so. I mean, they, they look like a 1-2-3 type seed in the West without, you know, without uh, much uh, worry that, that things could uh, bottom out. So the Thunder really, I think, has gripped the attention of everyone. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, gaining momentum, it feels like. Now, I will say that, um, you know, it's we're not seeing a lot of national TV get rearranged for the Thunder just yet. You know, the other night, uh, I think when they maybe it was when they finished up there at home against the Celtics, you know, obviously a huge matchup. One of the best teams in the East, one of the best teams in basketball coming in and the Celtics and the Thunder playing so well heading into the to, to this month of January. And I think nationally, people were like, 
you know, why can't I watch this game? This is a great matchup. So those TV, uh, those TV deals are not easily broken. They do happen and they will happen as teams that are in the conversation that people want to see start to sort of fall away, have injuries, moves start to be made so that those games are more on national TV. We haven't sort of seen that yet, but to me, Barry, that's just a matter of time. I think that's going to start happening pretty regularly because people want to see Shea Gilgis Alexander. They want to see Chad Holmgren. They want to see Jalen Williams. I mean, to me, it's really only a matter of time before you start to see the TNT games, the ABC games. Some of these, uh, some of these matchups, people nationally want to see, not just people in Oklahoma. No, you're right. Now, our man Brett Dawson, he's got a story either out today. I, I don't think it's up yet, but it'll either be out later today or in the morning on the difficulty of, of changing the national schedule with ESPN, TNT, that kind of thing. Uh, it can be done. Uh, they don't like to do it. It's not easy. So um, I think they save those for later in the season. So you'll be seeing more and more of the Thunder, uh, the time when you really will see the changes next season. Uh, Thunder will be back at that max. I can't remember if it's 25 or 28, whatever it was. But you'll be seeing lots of national TV with the Thunder uh, a year from now. But yeah, the, the, nobody really saw this coming. The, uh, they knew the improvement was coming. They knew Thunder was getting better. They knew they were a potential playoff team, but nobody saw one of the best in the West. Nobody saw a, a Tuesday night Celtic game in Oklahoma City being as, as one of the marquee games going. And now it's just uh, the Thunder's just going like wild wildfire. Uh, you mentioned that Boston game, Jacko. What do you think is – you know, they've had some really cool wins the last two or three weeks. What do you see as the best win so far? You know, I think just because of how badly Denver really beat up on the Thunder the first time they played early this season, I think that, you know, not going to Denver not once but twice and beating the Nuggets there, the way that the Thunder did, to me, I don't know if I could say the first or the second was more impressive because – you know, that first win after getting so thoroughly manhandled early, that felt impressive. But then you had to know such a quick turnaround that the Nuggets, they had to be ready for that kind of punch again when the Thunder shows up and the Thunder goes out there and wins a second time. So to me, those were the impressive wins. And frankly, Barry, I think that is really kind of the microcosm of this team is, you know, they, they, you know, I, I think maybe it boils down most to Chet Holmgren, but I think it, it it goes to other guys as well. Really, the learning curve that this group has, and and I think it starts with a guy like Holmgren in a game like that because of Jokic. You know, Holmgren's got to figure out some way to defend him, maybe not hold him down, but keep him from absolutely exploding. And he did that second time and that third time, and so you see that learning curve that this team has. So I go to those Denver wins, but. There's a lot of impressive wins to choose from. I mean, the 23 and 11, as we sit here and talk, and frankly, about 19 of those wins can probably count as most impressive. Now, yeah, I think somebody beat Denver a couple of days ago in Denver. But until then, the Nuggets had lost three home games all year. Two to Oklahoma City. One yeah. to, two to the Thunder. One to everybody else in the league combined. One with that great 118, 117 thriller. And then the other in a blowout. So, um yeah, what they've done in Denver is, is sets off alarm bells across the NBA, no doubt about it. So I really, I really like the way they're playing. Yeah, this start to the to the Eastern road trip, not great. Um, some of that was the schedule. Some of that was probably uh, a little bit of uh, 
uh, I don't know, uh, lack of focus. So, you know, everybody tells you how great you are. We've been talking about everybody telling them how great they are. Sometimes yeah. uh, you believe it for a second and then you, you're reminded, no, we got to keep doing the things we've always been doing. So, uh, yeah, it's been a great start. Uh, I don't think the Thunder is uh, is headed for some precipitous fall, but I do think this is a uh, it's still going to be a learning curve. It's still not this is not going to be a you know a zoom a zoom incline to the top. Still have to fight. Still have to learn all kinds of things. I don't think uh, the Thunder is a likely NBA champion this year, but uh, man, it is uh, it is you know, lots of fun. Uh, the most hey, impressive. Go ahead, Jacko. Yeah, I was going to say, when it comes to wins, you were in the house for that Boston game. I was watching on TV that night. But a game like that, uh, a team, you know, you sort of forget how many great players Boston has. Boston yeah. doesn't forget it. Celtics fans don't forget it. But you you don't see them all the time. And they start rolling these guys out. It's like, oh, my gosh, their they're starting five is great. And then their bench guys start coming on, guys like Derek White. And you're just like, Wait, how how does this team not just beat everybody by 20 points a game? I was impressed by the Thunder being able to hold them off. You were in the house for that one. Do you have a most impressive win so far for this Thunder team? Well, I mean, I you know, I think uh I think the route of Denver. Um because it's 118 I mentioned 118-117 over Denver and then a couple weeks later they go back to Denver. And they didn't sneak up on the Nuggets the second time. I mean, the Nuggets, they, they just lost to that team. They had to be fired up. And the, the, the Thunder not only answered the bell, they, they uh, sent the Nuggets packing in their own gym with a, with a blowout. So that was probably it. For all the things you mentioned about uh, the improvement that Chet Holmgren made from you know that Sunday, the first Sunday of the season back in October, when the Nuggets just toyed with the Thunder. There was no toying with Chet Holmgren uh, up in Denver. So I think the way they manhandled the Nuggets, uh, and, and everybody was watching for that Boston game, and they, and they, uh, they handled that one as well. So, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to what we're seeing. And the thing, uh, the thing that's most impressive about this team is how they just keep improving in all areas, you know, one of the NBA's best offenses, one of the NBA's best defenses, and they've got they've got all kinds of of holes, all kinds of Achilles heels, but they make up for them in other ways. So uh, you got to like you got to like everything about this team. Didn't you write something here just recently looking at how they've turned the such a big corner on three point shooting? I mean, they were the worst three pointing shoot three point shooting team in the league not too long ago. Now they've changed some personnel, and that helps a lot. But still, this is a team that some of the guys that were among the worst on that team a couple of years ago are now on this team that they're shooting the lights out from three. 21 months ago, at the end of the 21-22 season, April of 22, the Thunder finished dead last in three-point percentage. Today, they're number one. And it's remarkable. Now, it helps when you add an Isaiah Joe. But uh, it helps when you add a Chet Holmgren. But some of the guys are just shooting better. I mean, Lugens yep. Dort shooting the lights out. Josh Giddy making his three pointers. You've got, uh, you know, you got somebody like uh, um, Aaron Wiggins, who's gone from not very good as a rookie two years ago to being really good now. Kenrich Williams, a mediocre three point shooter most of his career, now is a, a better three point shooter than a foul shooter. So yep. just lots of lots of improvement by this team. 
Santa Clara Williams is is remarkable. He's up over 40%. I think seven of the nine leading rotational players in terms of minutes played, seven of the nine are over 40%. Oof. That's a remarkable set of, of collection of three-point shooting. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, some of the guys that you didn't like, maybe a Lou Dort, who, you know, defensive specialist. When, when I start to think about things that most impress me about this team, it's players doing things that, you know, expand their game. You know, when I think about Lou Dort shooting threes, when I think about Isaiah Joe Bear, you and I offline have talked about this on numerous occasions. How much better defender Isaiah Joe is than we ever yeah. thought. You know, when he comes in, he's, he's a marksman, and that's what he's known for. And you figure, okay, marksman doesn't play much defense. That guy, I mean, he's not going to be confused for Lou Dort, but he plays pretty good defense. And I don't know that he did necessarily when he got here. So these guys being able to add skills and continue to evolve as players, you know, I, we, we ha, we've got this far in the uh, in this in this podcast. We haven't talked about Shea Gilgis Alexander. We're getting to him in a minute, but he's the same sort of way. He continues to expand his game. He's a little bit like the scratch golfer trying to get even better. But you know, all of these guys continue to add and enhance skills that maybe they didn't even have before. To me, that's a nod to them, but it's also a nod to Mark Dagnall, his staff just the culture that they've built to not sort of pigeonhole guys that, you know, they, they brought in Josh Giddy, great passer. And instead of just saying, all right, you can't shoot, just don't shoot. They figured out a way to try to teach him to move him along. So I think that's been super impressive to see, even as they've been so good, they're still, you know, pushing those bounds to try to improve individual skills, individual abilities. Yeah, and you know, you you talked about Isaiah Joe. Uh, I'm the same way. I had no idea he was this good of a player. You know, the biggest play I remember from that one point, I think it was the Denver one point game. I mean, the Thunder's down one, and you know, in the 20, 15 seconds left, Denver they get the Nuggets to miss, and you know, offensive rebounding uh, has been a uh, defensive rebounding has been a problem for the Thunder, but Isaiah Joe. Runs in and 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 pulls a defense uh, pulls the rebound away from I think it was Tory Craig, and all of a sudden the Thunder has the uh, the possession for for a last uh, second shot and wins the game. So um, yeah, they've got they got players who have spread their wings, players that are doing a lot of different things. Kenrich Williams playing center, um, Aaron Wiggins doing a lot of different things. Uh, people just uh, it's sort of positionless basketball. We hear that term a lot, but the Thunder really embodies it. All kinds of people bring the ball up court. Kenrich Williams, sometimes when he's playing center, brings the ball up court, so initiates the offense. So lots to like about the way, you know, the Thunder's always, always, always talking player development. And now we're seeing what it really means. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I think we need to rectify the situation of not really talking about Shea Gilgis-Alexander by doing it right now. And let's go here, Barry. I think you and I might have talked before the season. I can't remember if it was on our show or another platform. We basically said, listen, Shea Gildas-Alexander, first team All-NBA a year ago. That's a tough group to break into. He might not make first team again this year. It doesn't mean he's going backwards. He might win the MVP this year, Barry. His rising case for the MVP, it, it's really remarkable. People around here obviously love him. They'll chant MVP even when maybe he's not in the race. but seems like his case continues to get better and better for that MVP. 
Well, here's the crazy, this is not a stat, so we can't call it crazy stat, but here's the crazy but true statement of the day for you, Jacko. Shea Gilgis Alexander has a better chance of being voted MVP than he does of starting the All-Star game. <laughs> and he's not, I don't think he's going to start the All-Star game. You know, they still, uh. do the, they still do the guard designation in the All-Star voting, so you... You're going to have Luka Doncic and uh, and Steph Curry starting for the West. They've gone back to the, you know, to the West East stuff. So uh, I think he won't start the All Star game. He's four hundred thousand votes behind Curry after the first first ballot uh, reveal. But he's like in the top two, maybe top three for the MVP race, and lots of people saying this is a guy that that could do it. Joel Embiid's having a fabulous year. He's right there with, with SGA and you know Jokic and Giannis are always lurking right there close. But he's the all the things he's doing for the Thunder, playing the great defense, but also scoring at a remarkably efficient. He's one of the most efficient these last two seasons, last season and this season. You don't see guards, guys who handle the ball and shoot a lot of threes, and you don't see those guys shooting with such efficiency. Yeah, more than fifty percent. That doesn't happen in the modern NBA. So this is this is a remarkable run he's on, and I think that you know the the really learned intelligentsia part of NBA media just loves Shea Gilgis Alexander. Hey, a couple nights ago, uh, I know Thunder fans will not be surprised by my saying that sometimes the Valley Sports broadcast is lacking a little bit. Um, the other night, I don't remember what game it was, but Shea had a you know huge scoring game. I can't remember if it was 38 or 40 points or what it was, but because they don't always put stats as guys are scoring and doing things, and we don't always know. And I wasn't I wasn't watching a game cast, so I didn't know how his shooting percentage was. And he happened to be the post-game interview. And whatever game this was, he'd scored, like I said, 38, 40 points. And his stats flash up as they're doing the post-game interview with him. He was like 17 of 20 that night. He scored 40 points or 40-ish points on 20 shots. I mean, that is, that's crazy, Barry. And that's the type of stuff he does almost every night with ease. I just, to me, this is one of those things that I hope people in Oklahoma City appreciate what they're seeing because the fact that Oklahoma City has gotten to go from Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden, all of those guys, I mean, obviously playing different ways, doing different things, but now having a chance to really take in another generational type of player with a very special and, you know, elevated game. I mean, it's just, it's crazy what he's doing. That that efficiency always, always blows me away. Yeah, you know what? He, he's got Kevin Durant efficiency. That's what he's got. Yeah. You know, we sort of got accustomed to uh, to Russell Westbrook type efficiency, which is, you know, you, you lose money on every sale, but you make it up in volume. Um, and we'd forgotten that Durant was not that way until you go back and look at the historical record. And now SGA is is mimicking Durant with just – you know, outstanding, outstanding percentages at every level, except, you know, the three point shot. He's not, he's still, I think he's 32%, I think. So he's not very good there, but he's not shooting a bunch of them. So um, just, just a remarkable thing that, that this guy who was billed as a defensive stopper when they made the trade for, 
when they made the trade for Paul George, you thought, yeah, maybe he can be a DeJounte Murray. Not that at the time there was a DeJounte Murray, but what we think of as DeJounte Murray, long, yeah. tall guard who can do all kinds of things defensively, and it's not bad on offense. Yeah, you might say that. He's not bad on offense. <laughs> That's an understatement. Hey, before we get out of here, let's talk about January. Let's step back for just a second. 17 games in the month, including five back-to-backs. This is a tough, tough month for the Thunder. By comparison, December, Thunder only played 13 games, only had one back-to-back. Now, partially that's because of the in-season tournament. It divided up the month in a different way than a lot of months are. But this is a tough one for the Thunder. Is there a reasonable type of record that you would think the Thunder could accomplish? They're already one and two, got the Boston win, but the two – uh, losses on the road, as we said here before the Washington game on Monday. So what's reasonable? What's your sense of just this tough month where the Thunder could, should end up when it's all said and done? Well, you know, when this month started, I would have probably said 10 and 7 because it is a tough month. Lots of games, lots of road games. So yeah. lots of condensed scheduling, very difficult. You know, lots of – there are many nights in the NBA when the game is really determined before it starts. And that's determined by the schedule. You know, they call them schedule losses. You know, the second night of a back-to-back, especially if you're going east, um, or the uh, the uh, late night when you get there is already deep and uh, yeah. you're not starting early. So uh, that Atlanta game was a schedule loss. Brooklyn was not. That was just on them. But I would have said 10 and 7 would have been really good. Right now, you give me three games in to make this prediction, I'll, I'll adjust it to 9 and 8. They can have a winning record in January. I would think that would be a very good performance considering this schedule. And considering, I mean, they've really been on, you know, the Thunders do a little bit of a dip. They're not, the, yeah. I don't think they're the, the 72 Lakers. I don't, you know, I don't think they're the Larry Bird Celtics. I don't think they're going to win 65 games. So, you know, they're due a dip and maybe January's when it is. Yeah, it, it does feel like if they, Break even, you know, obviously 17 games, you're looking at nine and eight, 10 and seven. I, I tend to, I tend to think I'm with you, Barry. I was thinking, you know, on the high side and the double digit wins, the way they were playing coming in, but you know, now you start to think, okay, let's, let's look at this realistically and that they probably will have some down games. So I think a 10 and seven mark would be anything that and above would be really good. You know, nine and eight, I think would be okay because then I think it begs the question, Barry, like if they're, if they finish nine and eight, 23 and 11 right now, gets them over 32 wins at the end of January, I still think they're in a really good spot to be in the top four in the West. And obviously you're going to make that spot late in the year. That's where those spots are won and lost, but they're gonna, I think if they can finish January, you know, 30 plus in the win column feels like they're still in really good shape to host to host a first-round playoff series. Who'd have thought that was even on the board? And you know what? That's really the goal, I think. If you, maybe for us, not for them. They're not going to admit to any goals. But that's really where you want to be. The West is so uh, deep with so many good teams. Playing for certain positioning, that's fool's gold. Heck, you, know, you don't know if you don't know if the Clippers are going to finish second or sixth. So right. you can't, you, you know, you don't know if Minnesota is going to finish first or fifth. You can't worry about that. You just need to finish as high as you can. And to me, the line of demarcation is getting that home court in first round. If you yeah. can do that, everything else is gravy. 
that would be what I would say would be the goal here as we approach mid-January. Yeah, and I think what you said is right. I don't think the Thunder would cop to any goals because quite honestly, I think you and I coming into the year and most people who watch this would say, you know what? They made the play-in tournament a year ago. They won a game in the play-in tournament. If they make the play-in tournament again, it's not necessarily a step back. If they make the playoff, if they're, you know, if they're already in and they don't have to play into the playoff, that would be a huge step forward. Now we're talking about, you know, six or seven steps ahead. You know, we're talking about home court playoff advantage in the first round, something that I don't think anybody that was really looking at this with realistic eyes would have thought, yeah, this team will make that kind of jump this year. I mean, Barry, this is the kind of jump that the Thunder, you know, 1.0 made from its first year in Oklahoma City to its second and maybe even more. I mean, I, I think people were expecting that second year team with Westbrook and Durant to be a playoff team, but they were an eight seed. This team is jumping from, you know, essentially out of the, you know, top eight seeds a year ago to potentially in the top four in the West, in the West. Who makes that kind of jump? This is the type of thing that it's almost hard to wrap your brain around. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. It really is. Um, you know, last year there was the narrative the Thunder got sort of lucky, not too many injuries, played a bunch of teams with injuries. Um, you know, and so people just really couldn't believe that a team that young and that close to all out tanking could be so competitive. Now they're making another jump. I'm in the middle of a, of a research into has a team ever made two jumps like this, you know, 20 win type jumps. I don't know if Thunder's going to get to 20 wins better than a year ago, but they might do 15. I don't know if anybody's ever done back-to-back jumps of at least 15 more wins than the year before. So they're, they're messing with history is what they're doing, and it's a remarkable thing. Uh, we, need to, we need to analyze it. We need to study it. We need to critique it. We need to get mad when they lose, but we need to enjoy it. That's the number one thing we need to do. Well, we're going to talk a lot more Thunder now that football is in the rearview mirror, but that's all the time we've got to talk about the Thunder this week. Remember, the Thunder schedule, hot and heavy. We'll have all your coverage at Sellout Crowd. The whole Sellout Crowd team will continue to cover them throughout the entire season. So you can find our content at selloutcrowd.com as well as barrytrammell.com and jenny-carlson.com. And if you want our content at your fingertips, we have got you covered. We have a new app. It's available on iPhone and Android. You can download it today. If this happens to be your first time hearing or watching us, be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>